Welcome to Kick Some ADHD, the podcast for professionals and business owners who struggle to stay focused and get the important stuff done. We'll help you understand how to maximize the unique advantages that come with ADHD and learn ways to keep the struggles and negative impacts at bay. Now, here are your hosts, ADHD coach for professionals, Dana Rayburn, and digital marketing strategist, David Johnson. All right, welcome to another episode of Kick Some ADHD. David Johnson here, and I have with me, as always, the inimitable Dana Rayburn. Dana, how are you today? I'm great today, David. How are you doing? I am doing all right. This is fun. I, I, I'm, I'm glad we get to get together like this and have this conversation and talk about this crazy thing called ADHD. Yep, me too. And podcast recording days are always great days because this is this is cool. It's fun. It is fun. I like it. I like it. So um, we talked about you and your ADHD experience last time, which I thought was really interesting to me. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the idea of a professional organizer with ADHD. <laughs> I just love that so much. There are a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. So um, I think th- today we might, you know, part of this is it's a relatively new podcast and people are listening and they're like, who am I listening to and why should I care? So I guess it makes sense for us to have these, you know, moments where we introduce ourselves a little bit and then we get this behind us and we can always say, Hey, look, if you don't know who we are, there's an episode about data and there's one about David. So you can go back and listen to those. (laughs) Yeah. But David, I also think it, it serves a bigger part for people to hear our stories because one of the things about ADHD is you feel so isolated. You feel like you're the only one. And I've seen that with, that's one of the reasons I love my group program is we're listening to other people and their story and situation, which really helps because many people with ADHD have similar symptoms, similar things going on, similar struggles. We don't realize that when we're stuck in the depths of it by ourselves. So understanding that you're not alone is important and let's help people understand they're not alone by shining some light on you and your ADHD. Hey, I'm, I'm all about trying to be helpful or useful somehow if that, uh, if, if, if that's what we can accomplish. So let's do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's my turn to interview, interview you, right? Fine. All right. Okay. Okay. So, so David, tell me a little bit about your ADHD and how it impacts your world yeah i i um i think today i view it differently and and you know you know this because we've talked at length about this but i i didn't actually believe it existed until uh not about six months before i was diagnosed and Mm -hmm. and so once i began to understand what it was and how it worked i had this sort of bizarre experience the only thing I can really equate it to is when you when you get a new pair of glasses you get a new prescription if you've ever had corrective lenses you know what what it's like when you put them on and I was I was always nearsighted so for me a new prescription meant I could see detail for the first time in a long time and it would be like look the trees have leaves well I've had this weird experience with my entire life now so I was diagnosed in my mid-40s and I'm looking back over my entire life and I keep having these moments where it's like, oh, that's what happened in that situation, you know. So how it impacts me is a little disturbing, <laughs> in part because I, I have had to 
be careful to not have too much regret over things that that didn't go well. And I, I used to have a story about what happened in those situations, but my story had its legs taken out from underneath it. Mm. <laughs> and so um, it's been some up and down in terms of how the diagnosis impacted me. But ADHD as a whole, I actually really love it. And um, I love it in the sense that I think that a lot of the things that um, make me me are actually related in in you know to to the ADHD side of things and so i i i have both seen it as a superpower and tried to see it as a superpower if that makes sense right mm-hmm. you know there are times yes. where it's like oh it's this again and i wish i wish i could just sit down and execute a plan you know that would be wouldn't that be great <laughs> you know but um at the same time i think there's there's nothing about my life that would be what it is right now if i didn't have ADHD i have bizarre technical proficiencies with technology and creative ideas and things get pieced together and 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 I can sit in a room and facilitate a conversation with clients where we're talking about marketing for example and I know that what comes out of my mouth is something that that well I know it from experience people will say we would have never seen that or thought of that or whatever or thank you for making that connection and there's a lot of value that that is added to work and to clients that I know is a direct result of ADHD. It's, you know, as much as I'd like to say, well, you know, aren't I brilliant (laughs) or I studied or trained or whatever. No, I have a brain that works differently than other people. And it's fabulous from that standpoint. So yeah, lots of positives, but at the same time, of course, you know, we all have these negatives and I, I really found myself at a place where my self-esteem was really suffering and my confidence was really, really suffering. And so it has downsides. There's no question about that. And so I think, you know, if you ask me on a different day, I might have a much more depressing answer, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And that makes sense because some days are harder than others or some days we're more aware of the struggle than others. Boy, isn't that true? Yeah. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about the specific diagnosis and your treatment. Yeah. So I was the second person in the family to be diagnosed. And uh, in fact, it was uh, it was after we took my daughter to go see someone who who was able to help us understand uh, some things that she was struggling with. We found a fantastic um, psychologist. When that diagnosis happened, the psychologist looked at me and said, "You know, this is inherited, right?" <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was still in this moment of like, I still don't think this is real, you know? So the, that was jarring. That was even more jarring. It was, you know, I had started to kind of go, okay, well, you're a professional. You've been doing this for 30 plus years. You've got a lot of training. Um, you must know something I don't know. And I'm willing to accept that that's true. But when she said that to me and said, you know, it's inherited and I noticed that she wasn't looking at anybody else, (laughs) (laughs) I thought, okay, I see what you're up to. So after we proceeded for a few months to try to work with my daughter, I went back and sat down with the same psychologist and she put me through a a very formal process, uh, very rigorous. And I was impressed. She's data driven. So you know, there were computer components as well as questionnaires for other people to fill out and me in an interview and all this. She handed me my report and she said, it's something, some version of your ADHD is so bad that if you had like one IQ point less, you probably wouldn't be able to tie your shoes. 
Wow. And um, and she and in her report, she said she she noted like your self-esteem is suffering and you really would benefit from a trial of medication. And, you know, the idea of taking stimulants that I might then need to take for the rest of my life, you know, for the foreseeable future or whatever, all of that was very daunting. And I was I, and I even said to her, I'm like, thank you. And then she could see it in my face that I had mm-hmm. no intention whatsoever of getting, you know, that going for that prescription. But a few weeks later, I realized, you know, what kind of an example am I setting for my daughter who has this same condition and she's going to watch her dad say, yeah, well, I might have it, but, you know, I'm not going to do anything about it. And, and, I, and I thought, you know, look, if her life turned out great, that wouldn't be a problem. But if she struggles for a while... And she sees me not doing anything to help myself. That is not an example I want to set. So I, I did. I found a doctor. I didn't even have a doctor. You know, I found a doctor. He didn't believe me. <laughs> oh. You know, yeah, you're just here to get the, the you know, yeah, the amphetamines, the, right? The, yeah, right. So anyway, all of that to say, um, I benefited right away from medication. I could tell when I got, I used, I, we went right to Adderall because we tried different stuff with my daughter and I thought, well, you know, th- there's, there's at least genetically some chance that I'm similar, <laughs> you, you yeah. know? So we went straight to Adderall for me and, and, uh, and I, I experienced a weird calmness. Like I remember the first time it went into my system, it was like, you know, Whoa. and I was at a yeah. Starbucks trying to, you know, I was trying to get some work done and I was like, oh, is this what people feel like? <laughs> Yeah, is this what a normal brain is like? Amazing. Yeah. My brain wasn't jumping all over the place, and it, like I wasn't, I was, I, I, I can still be distracted on Adderall, but, um, and 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 the the interesting thing for me, and again, Adderall is just the only thing I've tried. So, for me, I I I could always hyper focus. That was never an issue for me as long as I was interested in something. So mm-hmm. it doesn't help me make better decisions in the in the bigger picture. It doesn't help me decide what to work on. But if what I need to work on is something that is not particularly exciting or interesting or, uh, you know, in danger of being a severe problem if I don't fix it right now, then um, Adderall helps me stay on track with that stuff and, and execute well. So I appreciate the medication, but it didn't take long for me to realize that it in and of itself wasn't the, the solution that I needed. Um, and yeah. I continue to learn and, and research and do things. And that's ultimately what led me to find you as my coach. <laughs> because, Yay. Yeah, because I needed an, an objective third party, a, a disinterested, although you're a very you know, empathetic and compassionate and caring person. So at the end of the day, you're, you're interested. But, but, but you're not also living in my little world. And so you're able to say, look, I'm an outsider and here's what I see. And I, mm-hmm. I knew I needed that. And I'm grateful that I had at least lived long enough and had the bruises from banging my head against brick walls to know I need I need professional help. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, yeah. And so it made it it made an enormous difference in, almost immediately. Just just being able to talk with someone who experienced who, who was as experienced as you are and who could call me on stuff that was clearly BS that. Even I knew it was BS, but nobody, nobody, people who don't, you know, not, not, not just anyone could call me on it. And you, you were able to do that. So that was very helpful. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that that has been helpful. Um, talk to me a little bit about the regret, the shame, the mm. emotional side of having ADHD and especially unmanaged, untreated ADHD. So many of, 
uh, struggle with that. I had a client who was doing, I thought, okay in coaching and she she emailed me today and she said, I can't do this. I just feel so badly. I'm not getting my homework done and I need to go oh. work with, with the therapist. I know. Oh. And so that's rare. It's only happened to me a couple of times in all the years that someone's done that. But the shame is real. The regret is real. The emotional impact is real. So are you okay talking a little bit about that? What I'm, do you? I'm, I'm an open book. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll steer around stuff if I need to, but I'll talk about any of this. So for me, the shame side of the equation is probably the single biggest might be the single biggest impact at all of ADHD but it's certainly the biggest negative impact for me because again I, I as you said unmanaged untreated and I thought it was utter nonsense I thought that that ADHD had been invented by big pharma to sell medication to parents who didn't discipline their kids you know I mean it was literally I mean, I had some version of that for 20-something years from the first time I heard about the, the, the thing. So I was carrying around a lot of shame, but I had no explanation for those things. And so that almost made the shame even more impactful in the sense that uh, not that ADHD is any kind of ex excuse for things, um, but it certainly is useful to understand that your brain chemistry has more of a role than at least I knew that it had had in my life. And it, it has helped me um, kind of process through some things in my, in my life where the shame was overwhelming. You know, you're, you're a smart person. You've been, like I'd been told from the time I was very young in elementary school that I was exceptional in some way from, a, from an intelligence standpoint. Obviously, you know, you don't know what that means. But it's almost more harmful to tell. I think there's some harm in using gifted language and labeling people gifted, especially when they're young, no matter who they are. But I think it's even more difficult to do that to an ADHD person because the expectation is always that, oh, I'm gifted. I should perform at this ridiculously high level. When I don't, then, and I was raised by a Marine. <laughs> my, my dad was a U.S. Oh, Marine. And, um, and so, you know, discipline was familiar and consequences for things. And so when I found myself unable to do stuff, I had no, I just thought it was me. I, yeah. I don't know. And I was really yeah. hard on myself about that. And I can point to any number of situations in my professional life where a, a, a business relationship went sour because I didn't communicate properly or you know, something didn't get delivered on time or like any number of those. And those have, I've always, I've always benefited from selective memory in terms of my positive outlook on life because I was able to mm -hmm. just somehow be optimistic despite all of that stuff. But it was really catching up with me by the time I got the diagnosis. And so yeah. the diagnosis in a lot of ways was as devastating as it actually was for me emotionally to, to, to have someone tell me that it, this is what's going on. It was also incredibly helpful. And so, uh, I still, I still real, I mean, my, 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 um, my competence, my, my sense of my own competence to execute is still not great. It's getting better, but, uh, I still, I mean, I'm a year and a half into the diagnosis as we record this today. And I'm, I, I can still tell you that my, I, I still have like a, a shady tint over the glasses through which I view the world, <laughs> especially myself, because it's like, yeah. 
I don't know that I'm really going to be able to follow through on ah, anything, <laughs> you know? Right. And that David is, I find that is so common. And I saw that with myself is it takes, well, you have to build the consistency. You have to get better and better at doing the things that you need to do, but it also takes time to start to trust yourself. I call it recreating your image of yourself. And that's really what I'm after with my clients. So they get to the point that they know that they're a different person. The ADHD doesn't go away. We don't want the ADHD to go away because we, it helps us. We love it. As you say, it's, it makes you fantastic with, with parts of your job and parts of your work. I mean, that's your gift, but it also, um, we have to learn over time to build the habits, to be able to follow the structures and the systems to become trusting that we are going to be able to do the things we say we're going to do and keep our commitments to other people and to ourselves. And especially to ourselves, right? Yeah, and, it's huge. And you know, when you, when you have lived a life as I have of missed commitment, I used to joke. I mean, you know, it was, it was like a punchline. I love deadlines. I love that whooshing sound they make when they fly by, you know, and it was a yeah. bumper sticker or a t-shirt. I think you told me that before. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and, and I would joke about it, but I, I noticed that people didn't find that as funny as I did. <laughs> and, and, right. um, and ultimately at the end of the day, I didn't really find it all that funny either because I know I can't commit anything to myself, you know, as long as I'm inconsistent. And so like, I, I think about some of the things that are sort of long-term things that I want to do that I've always wanted to do. You know, I've started several books that I've never finished writing and I've got like bigger things that are back there that are plans. And I I realized sometime in the last year and a half, I realized that I had really just resigned myself to those are never going to happen because I can never actually execute on those. And it wasn't something that I was conscious of that had just sort of gradually become something I accepted as, as likely to be true. And, um, and there's real grief in your life when you let go of dreams, you know? And so that, Facing that has not been easy to do, but at the same time, now I'm facing it with, well, okay, as I build consistency, as you say, right, as I become more consistent and I realize, you know, I had tons of workarounds in my life. I mean, you know, it wasn't like my life was a complete disaster, uh, but it was certainly heading that direction (laughs) by the Mm -hmm. time I got diagnosed and uh, I, I needed help. So at the end of the day, now I can sort of start to see, well, the trajectory is shifting and I, and I know there are things that'll, that'll go well. I mean, there are always things that went well, but if I can be more consistent, then maybe some of those things might have some new life breathed into them. And that's kind of exciting to think about, but I'm still tentative at this stage. Like if yeah. you ask me today, no, I'm, I'm not counting on those things coming, you know, coming to pass. I'm just going to keep moving one step at a time. And that's, that's okay, because it takes time to be able to start to trust yourself. It takes time to have a new image of who you are and how you walk in the world and that you are a person that can be trusted to keep your commitments to yourself and to others. You can be a person who follows through. You can be a person who sets goals and wow, maybe actually reaches them. That's that, that takes time. It's not, there's no magic wand darn it no magic wand and goal setting has always been one of those areas where you know i we, we actually had a business relationship with my business and the ziggler corporation and so in, you know 
I know modern audiences may be less and less familiar with Zig Ziglar, but he was the king of of goal setting. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, that was what he was all about. And I was I laughed to myself as I was running a, a a meeting with their top executive leadership team, talking about their goals for for the next year. You know, and I'm thinking, for me, a goal set was a guarantee that something would never happen. If, right. As soon as I decide, assigned it a, a goal, no matter how I could relabel it, call it a this or a that or a target, or you know, you try to you work semantic games to try to give it a new name and trick your brain into thinking, well, that's not a goal, but it's just it's just where we're going. You know, all of those tricks, it would just I would find that as soon as I did that, my brain set itself to go, ha, have fun with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the success club, I don't even, it's whatever many 40 modules or whatever it is. I, we, there's no module on goal setting and that's for a reason because we, we can spend all, we, we've set wonderful goals. Do we reach them? No. So you're right in there with that. You've got to approach it gently and start to be able to accept what you can, what you can't get done and, and be kind to yourself about it. Um, so looking out, 10 years, five, hmm. let's say, let's, no, let's say five years. How do you, how do you want your relationship with your ADHD to be? And this isn't a goal. This isn't a goal. We're just, I'm just wanting to think, okay. <laughs> if you're thinking about your life as it is now and what would you like to have be different? I would like to monetize it. <laughs> no, uh, I, <laughs> okay. Well, in, in reality, I mean, this is what we do as humans, right? We take what we have and we we try to make some contribution to the world based on that, and then obviously, to whatever degree it makes sense that we've created value to to sort of recoup some of that value. So, um, as someone who has been an entrepreneur and a business owner for 21 years in this business and uh, some other time before that. Um, I've, I've been a serial entrepreneur. I used to joke I'm unhirable or un, unemployable. I don't know if employment or business ownership is really the right fit for me. I, I, I've known business ownership more than anything else. But to answer the question you're asking, I what I want to do is is optimize how I make my contributions to the world based upon a wiser understanding of what I should and should not engage in. And, and so that means I certainly need to mitigate the downsides of ADHD, but I also need to maximize the unique value that I can contribute that is in part, at least either to a great degree or some degree, at least there because of ADHD. So I, I see it as this thing that, that I want to have a better relationship with. Like right now, I still kind of want to smack ADHD upside the head or kick it <laughs> to the curb, yeah. you know, kick it to the curb. <laughs> but but in reality, I, I, I it's never like you said, it's never going away. So I just want to have a healthy relationship with it and go, you know, be able to sidestep landmines that I mean, there are some things that I just shouldn't do. And I'm drawn to them like a moth to a flame, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I want to I want to have that piece of the puzzle managed more effectively. And it really doesn't matter to me how that happens. I mean, obviously, I'd rather be able to manage it myself because I gained some skills and habits and and so forth. But, you know, if I need to, you know, have someone follow me around and go, no, don't do that. <laughs> You know, well, <laughs> as long as I can pay for that and it works economically, I'm fine to do that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. 
I don't know if that answers the question you were actually asking. But... Well, it, well it, no, it's a good answer. And it's and what I'm hearing is is learning to manage it a little bit more, control it a little bit more, and build your world around your strengths. And also be open to how you share your strengths and how you share your gifts with the world. Maybe being self-employed, maybe that's not the best answer. Uh, who knows? But what I would love is for you to be able to create this awesome life that is just fits you just the way you want it to be. I agree. And I, and I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm passionate about this project to do a podcast, because I feel yeah. like especially people diagnosed as adults, but regardless, anybody with a diagnosis or, or someone who has a suspicion <laughs> about it and not a diagnosis as yeah. I, as I keep finding in my life i know a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and it's hard not to say yeah that's adhd you know like yeah. when you see things so anyway all that to say i think there are a lot of people who have traits that are similar mm. in, in in some regard or another and to i've always loved research and learning things and like when we get more into dopamine, for example, I've learned a ridiculous amount about dopamine. I have no training as a neuroscientist, but, you know, I might be able to fool one. No, I'm kidding. You but, could play one on TV. Exactly, right. And so, or at least on a podcast. But um, so I like the I, but I like what what benefit can be gained. I actually enjoy reading these these, you know, scientific papers and journal articles and things. You know, it's just you're crazy. I know. I it's I think one thing I love about working with you on this is because I have background training, knowledge, blah, 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 but I run a lot on intuition and you've got the science. I mean, you're you're reading all this stuff that I couldn't I can't focus on. Well, so and it's, what's it's weird cool. is I is not only well, I'm interested in it for now. So there may become there may come a day where it's like, yeah, it's boring and I won't do it anymore. But what I'm doing now is I keep spotting connections, you know. Yeah. So all of that's been really helpful and useful. And I do feel like there is something that there's a voice that you have. There's a voice that I can have as a as a result of that process that I think people need. And so it's valuable to me because that need exists, it's valuable to be to, 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 to try to find a way to make a difference. And I, and I think yeah, you can. Me too. Me yeah. too. Me too. Because I know there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling and they don't need to struggle. It doesn't, you don't have to struggle. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do what I do. Yeah. You at least don't have to struggle to the degree that I, I <laughs> was and have been. Is there anything else you want to tell us as we wrap up today? You know, I think I may have overshared already. So, <laughs> and, and this is your opportunity. I didn't ask you about your work, your business, and tell us a little bit about what you do and, and how people can find you. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, sure. Okay, so it, we, we, what I operate is, is loosely described as a, uh, as a digital marketing agency, but we're a small boutique agency primarily and almost exclusively in the service of small business owners. I love entrepreneurs and business people, and I actually really enjoy learning things like tech that they don't want to know and helping them at least understand what they need to understand in order to make better decisions. And, uh, and we're also doing a lot more training, which is often now taking the form of teaching people who are not the business owner, but whose you know, the business that they work for, the owner, has maybe started to adopt some, some strategic ideas or philosophies that we've helped develop with them. And at least, uh, uh, you know, inculcating um, smart tactics and good strategy into the processes that those businesses use to create visibility online, to uh, garner more leads 
prospects, sales, whatever the measurement is that they're that they're really going after. The website is growthedream.com. Oh, and you can also find me on the Twitter. I'm on the Twitter. How I, about the Facebook? Yeah, I don't do the Facebook as much. I'm there, but um, on the Twitter, I'm the David Johnson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so at the David Johnson, and it, you know, it's it's funny because I have this name that everyone has. You know, if you if you if I go to the cleaners. Which David Johnson are you? You know, so I, I, on Twitter when I needed a, when I needed a handle, I used uh, the same approach that I did with the domain name, which was thedavidjohnson.com. So it's it's not because I'm <laughs> arrogant and I think I'm the David the, Johnson. I'm just the David Johnson you know. Okay, good. Thank you for interviewing me and for uh, facilitating. And I know our typical approach for an episode is going to be to to take some problem or other and work on it together and yep. talk about yep. it and you've got so many stories of of people that you've worked with and i'm excited to hear some more of those so i'm looking forward to our next episode together yay thank you me too we hope you've enjoyed this episode of kick some adhd with dana rayburn and david johnson did you find this helpful please share it with everyone you know who squirrel uh um has ADHD or might and leave a rating and a review in your podcast app. It helps other people find us. For more help with ADHD, including information on Dana's ADHD Success Club and episodes of Kick Some ADHD you've missed, go to kicksomeadhd.com.